You are listening to Grow a Thriving Practice podcast. This is episode 49, Lessons Learned with Rivka Goldberg. Grow a Thriving Practice, a podcast made for biofield tuning practitioners, offering the resources to enhance your practice, grow your business, and continue your journey of self-discovery. I'm your host, Jillian Faldmo. Hi, Tuner. I hope you're having a great week. Listen, I know there's a lot going on in the world right now, and I want to share with you something that um, myself, Mary McIlivery, who's a, a certified instructor and our current practitioner training class did, we um, we did a couple meditations that's really routine for how we open up our days in practitioner training. We did the central channel meditation and we did the recalibration meditation. And at the very end of those meditations, before we you know, came back fully into the room, we sent out and radiated coherent vibes to all of humanity. And it was just such a beautiful thing to experience and to give. And so I know there's a lot of us um, trying to find ways we can um, help. And I think this is probably one of the best forms of activism is to do it from a place of being centered, of being grounded and in complete acceptance of oneself. So I hope that helps. It doesn't matter what meditation you do, um, or how you get there. Um, just make it a practice each and every day and send out some coherent vibes from there and take action from that place. I have something great for you today. Rivka Goldberg and I, Rivka is a certified biofield tuning practitioner and um, she is just wonderful. Every time that I talk with her, I I just, I just want to keep listening. I love listening to her talk. Um, she and I had a conversation that you get to listen to it was a nice casual chat, and I think she offers a lot of value um, when she speaks. Rivka has uh, her own practice called Stellar Resonance, and she is also practicing with a group called Calm Nest, which she'll talk about in the interview. So I hope that you enjoy listening. But before I have you listen, I have an exciting announcement to make. The open enrollment for the Grow a Thriving Practice coaching program that's starting in April is for the weeks of March 28th until April 8th. So that's two weeks to book your free call to reserve your space in that program. If you're looking to grow your practice, launch your practice, get more clear on your goals and make it happen, then you will want to consider booking that call. I had a wait list and um, opened enrollment a little bit earlier uh, had 14 spots for the entire program and only eight spots are left. So this is a high demand thing. Go ahead and book your call. Don't miss out. Don't wait till March 28th. You can sign up right now at JillianFaldmo.com. All right. Enjoy listening. All right. Hi, Rivka. Thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. Hi, Jillian. I'm doing great. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks so much for the opportunity. 
Yeah, I'm just excited to connect with you again. It's been a little while. And as I was saying before, every time you open your mouth, I just want to hit the record button. Um, <laughs> because I just love listening to you talk, number one. And I think you have a lot of value to offer. Oh, thanks. Happy to share. <laughs> yeah. So why don't you give us a little bit of background about yourself? Like, who are you, Rivka? And how did you find this work? Okay. Well, um, the story goes a little like this. I'm I'm primarily right now and still will be for most of my life here, a mom of six. And so that's been the most formative job or career or occupation that I have. Um, I found biofield tuning through binge watching some YouTube videos. My, my oldest kids were teaching me actually how to find information I was interested in and then how I would be auto-fed other information. Like you think that would be normal, but being a mom of six, I didn't have YouTube experience at that yeah. point in my life. Like I did, it wasn't a normal place for me to find entertainment or information or anything. So I started, you know, I am, um, let's say like this, a astronomy, armchair astronomer, um, physicist, cosmologist, like these are my passions, even though they don't kind of translate into the mom career so well, um, they are really what has driven me in terms of feeling alive and feeling connected and big picture vision thinking and um, connect, connecting dots, stuff like that. So when my kids turned me on to the YouTube, I started, I was like, wow, YouTube is the algorithms. Like this was before it is what it is now. And when it was still like really fun and lighthearted and, and really giving me what I wanted, I ended up in a whole series of electric universe videos and i had there was a conference i don't even remember the year maybe 2018 2017 something and eileen was speaking and i heard her talk about i mean the I, the talk was about demonstrating the idea that there was such thing as electric health right this was several years ago already and i immediately re-listened to it and re-listened to it again in a third time and then um that was the catalyst to connecting these dots for myself that there was a way to learn about ether physics and plasma and big picture concepts and use that as a skill that was practical um, i'm pretty introverted aside from being just busy i tend toward introvertedness so this was like a valid way to connect with people and offer insights and just just be passionate i mean you know most people recognize when you're passionate about what you're doing it's always better so that led me to getting on some wait lists and doing foundations and then practitioner training and and here we are that's so awesome so that's really interesting that you know you were you were already into the stars and the universe and the electric universe when you discovered Eileen, and then there was that connection between that electric universe and our bodies and how you could integrate those two things and use them to not only help yourself and your family, but so many other people. Right. 
I just really got turned on immediately by the, it clicked this awareness that there's an effective, efficient way to address our underlying surface issues. I was already pretty disgruntled with allopathic medicine and had been on my own health journey for many years and, and changing lifestyle dynamics. And, um, it, you know, yeah, it just clicked. It made a lot of sense. And I, cause I always have this inkling that there's, there's always a solution. Finding it is our challenge. Right. And, and that requires, you know, I believe being in your passion, right? Finding your joy yeah. because that's where things open up. That's where you're you're available for noticing because all the other stuff is constricting. So, yeah. yeah. Have you ever done anything like this before, like before taking the biofield tuning classes and considering to work with other people in this way? If you, no. No, I changed a head. lot of diapers. I do a lot of You know, yeah. got myself really busy. I mean, you know, I definitely um, have a pretty substantial personal library, so I've read a lot of different concepts and things. And, um, you know, when I was a kid, Joseph Campbell was a big turn on for me in terms of just understanding archetypes and the hero's journey and and, and uh, Native American studies and, and, and those kind of, but it wasn't a practice per se, right? Biofield tuning was the first time that I had this like tangible practice to, to shift my own um, potentials and to share that with other people. I mean, that's really the most exciting part, right? Is that there's this connection yeah. to the outside world, which has honestly, been harder for me, you know, finding a way to connect with people in a meaningful way that I feel good about and they feel good about, you know, and not just going to a party, which I'm not really going to do, or, you know, whatever. Yeah, high school was rough. I, I read a lot of books. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. So how, how was the transition, or maybe you're even still transitioning from, like, your career as a mom to this career as a biofield tuning practitioner um it's really awesome it's been mm -hmm. up and down i think like all good things are um you know i find a, some synchronicity and i don't know when you're going to air this but this month you're focusing on time right mm -hmm. in in mm -hmm. um, your practice and your coaching practice and that has been one of the major cornerstones of revelation for me is understanding that I can have a vision and I can have a desire to connect to that vision. And then the process is this thing that I am developing patience and um, allowing time into these things, right? So I kind of got my certification March of 2020, had all these plans, Kids came home from remote school, everything shut down, everything <laughs> changed. I, I just, I stopped building my website. I just, we moved twice and a lot of stuff transitioned in, in a, you know, that in the, really the last 18 months for me. And I had to struggle a little bit with what it meant to be accomplished, what it meant to succeed, what it meant to meet my goals, um, because there were a lot of dynamics that I wasn't responsible for, but I had to pivot with, as we all did, right? I wasn't alone in that, so that was a bigger lesson too, right? watching other people demonstrate that. Um, so yeah, I'm very much in transition still. 
you know, I have an ebb and flow rhythm that I watch where I hit my ideal weekly clientele interaction and then it goes away <laughs> and, <laughs> and stuff picks up in my family where I feel like it's good that it led up because I still haven't reached um, equilibrium where I have yeah. the space and time to really delve into even a part-time practice the way I envision for the future. So learning time management, learning patience, learning self-awareness and not getting just so frustrated that I'm like, oh, this isn't working. <laughs> I'm yeah. out of here, you know? Um, Cause I do feel like that. Sometimes I get frustrated. Like it can't be the way I want it. Then why am I even trying? And that's so funny to watch. Cause like I watch my kids do that and I have all sorts of wisdom for them. But then when I do it, I'm like, feel, you know, I, I did, I just connecting the dots that it's a part of me. That's an inner child dynamic. That's perhaps a fragment. That's something that wants to be integrated and seen and acknowledged. And it doesn't have to be mm. wrong or judged. It just has to be allowed. And when I get through that, the resistance dissipates. It's like living biofield tuning. <laughs> okay. I, I'm so glad that you brought that up because I was going to ask you how biofield tuning is um, helping you with the transition or supporting you through the transition. And you totally just named it. Right. Yeah. I mean, the obvious, you know, committing to making sure that I'm receiving sessions, that's something that I've had to learn to do um, because my mom career has been a really hardcore training in self-deprivation <laughs> techniques and so i'm i'm retraining that and so you know committing to self-care and self-mastery really like it's it's self-care but the goal is self-mastery like I, I got a big vision of what's possible when we really understand ourselves and how holding that resonance is really what people are seeking to connect with. It's not like I'm not the healer. I just create a space for your energetic qualities to resonate and entrain. Should they want that? Should they choose that? Should they be ready for that? Like, yeah. you know, it's, but my responsibility is with the self-care and with the self-mastery. And so. Absolutely. On so many levels too. That's, you know, so that you can manage your life and also so that you can manage or you can model it to your clients and the people around you as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's so awesome. And I love too how the like, you know, you have the 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 booked clients one week and then the next week not so much. But at the same time, you notice that's when your family needs are maybe a bit higher. And I just love that the you it's like the universe is supporting you through this transition be like okay we're not gonna go all at once right right we've, we're gonna we're gonna weave in those roles together so that your I, vision i i think so I that think your that, vision can be realized i mean fundamentally i think that is what's always happening but we're not always tuned into it you know mm -hmm. and i can't say the words tuned in without like snickering inside <laughs> yeah like, now <laughs> tuning tuned in um but you know that's again the, the responsibility is just really noticing if if it feels like the when it rains it pours um cliche then stepping back and noticing where's what part of the the rhythm what part of the pattern am i in like is there about to be a shift and then you know, it's that, that hollow bone, right? That witnessing, 
Yeah. It's just like, I, I think everything about biofield tuning has just become a lifestyle for me. Yes. And the practice is just like a little cherry on the top that I'm growing and and interacting with. And the more I do it, I get better feedback and I can adjust and, and do things and, and just become more familiar with myself and in the practice itself. And, but that's like, that's almost like the extra part. That's how I started wanting saying, oh, I could, you know, supplement our, our household income and work from home and all these kind of really practical logistical ideas, but really it's revolutionizing my self-awareness. And that's, mm -hmm. I think, uncanny, the timing and the I mean, yeah, I, I don't probably want to go too far down that road, but it's really um, palpably in sync with something that I'm learning to surrender to. Yeah, that's amazing. And we, we say in biofield tuning, it's kind of like an unofficial statement, but we say um, the way you tune is the way you live your life. Like if you really think about it, like if there are some areas that you feel you know, um, a little bit more challenged by like in your sessions, kind of like, how is that also reflected in your life as well? And vice versa, right? Asking that question, like, you know, when, when things really slow down and you take that step back, asking what's going on here and what wants to happen <laughs> instead of judging it and being like, ah, no, it needs to be this way. <laughs> right. Or, you know, listen, I slip into the judgment pretty regular still. I just don't live there. Like I used to live there, you know, yep. and, and it was very blurry from that perspective. I had no clarity about what happens next. It's like, what happens next is I tell myself another story about how much this stinks, like, you know, and, yeah. and, and that just is self-defeating ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. So awesome. So tell us a little bit about your practice practices, I should say. Right. So um, at the same time that I got ready to launch my own practice, uh, Stellar Resonance, that's my business. And that was officially uh, September of last year. Um, through working with you and your group, met Inbal Gonan, who is uh, a amazing woman is living in uh, California and Los Angeles area. And she was much like me going through the developmental process and ready to launch what she wanted to be a brick and mortar um, practitioner structure where people could come and try different energy healing modalities, you know, in, in LA, which, uh, you know, I could see being really, really amazing. And again, it was the same timeline, March, 2020, and everything shut down and her kids came home and her life shifted. And she had to re, she had to pivot, she had to restructure things. So when she came to you, she was ready to do the same thing, but on a virtual platform and was looking for biofield tuners. And so, without knowing her or anything about it, I just said yes. And I'm really so, so glad I did. It's um, Calmnest is a, a really unique place to, for me, even I just saying for myself, because there, I think right now she has maybe 15 or a few more, she's added a few more practitioners, but for me to get in contact with other modalities, other practitioners, mm. have these meetings, see what they do, how they 
how they've pivoted, how they're running remote businesses now and online platforms and using social media and all of this stuff. And not only that, but um, the collaboration of, of recognizing how the collective at large is turning to alternative therapies and awakening to I've been eating these pills and doing this thing that for 15 years that my doctor told me to do and I'm no better off and I don't feel good and I just want something different. And so, you know, it's it's incredibly inspiring to watch both what Inval's doing in creating this space, which is a whole nother level, and all these different practitioners who are coming together with just this wide variety of background and experience. Um, so that's been tremendously uplifting for me. It's like, I feel, you know, in some ways I, I was a little bit anti-social media and, and for sure Zoom, the whole thing. And then now we all live this way, right? And I've grown to love it. And I've grown to um, recognize that, you know, what you resist persists, that concept. And so when I stopped resisting, there's just been this unfurling of connection and integrating things that, and I don't have to leave. I'm home with my kids. I'm, I'm meeting people from all around the world, both clients and, and practitioners alike. And it's just really fabulous. So that's kind of one side of the gig. And then on the other side, I'm still also seeing clients which really, I, it just matters which Zoom login I go to. I can't see there's a whole <laughs> lot of difference. I mean, my home uh -huh. office, I do the same protocol. I, you know, I, so it's, um, it bounces back and forth between the two right now. And I just, I really love that. That's amazing. So what is the, tell us what your typical day looks like. I'm, I guess it depends on the day, but like how many clients are you seeing? And like, what does the rest of your day look like? Right. So ideally, you know, since I had to create a schedule, because that's really helpful to, to decide what you want to attract, um, no one was telling me what my hours were. So I had to figure that out. Um, mm -hmm. You know, so I just kind of keep a like 10 to 6 schedule open. And then that allows me my morning self-care routine, getting my kids who are now homeschooling and always home, um, available for their routine. So they've had breakfast and they've gotten through whatever they need to get to. And they understand that I'm here, but not really here. Like I'm not here for every detail only. There were super important ones. And my oldest kid at home is 15 and I have a 13 year old and a couple younger ones. So they have a um, good collaboration amongst themselves. There's quite a lot they can do to support each other that doesn't require me, which is why I can do this. And, mm -hmm. you know, ideally in a week, I'm seeing anywhere between three to five and five to eight clients. Eight is pushing my limit right now. And I've tried mm -hmm. that and um, some scaling it back a little bit. I'm looking into um, launching group work, which I think is gonna mm -hmm. be a nice way to, bridge the wanting to help more people, wanting to help people at a price point that maybe they're more receptive to. And also, um, yeah, just trying new things really, right? Just 
getting the experience of what happens when I do this and what happens when I try it that way. Yeah. So throughout the day, I try to give myself at least an hour between sessions so that I can check in with my crew and make sure everybody's got what they need and they see me and, and that's really valuable. I see that's been um, good. I've also learned recently that condensing my tuning days to just two or three days a week is valuable. It's given me more room to have more time. It just delineates my my weekly cycle in a way that's really valuable. Where I started being kind of always available unless I absolutely wasn't, right? And then mm -hmm. that that eventually I noticed some anxiety with that kind of openness. And so shifting that there's actually, you know, there's always exceptions, but they're rare because it's kind yeah. of like, here's the availability, I'm gonna work with this. And then that gives me more freedom to feel that I properly contend to my children and meet their needs and, and be a part of my family in a way that isn't, it feels a little bit um, back and forth when it was so wide open. So, so that's yeah. been a life lesson here too, you know? Yes, I love that because I actually, in the, the upcoming workshop that we're doing in the program, um, we're going to work on ideal schedules. And the thing that I was going to drive home was that rather than leaving it so open, which is exactly what you're talking about, you know, <laughs> 10 to six, because when it's that open, it's so much space to be able to fill it with, you know, sort of unintentional things, right? And we're not as focused and deliberate with how we spend our time. Whereas when we really, um, hone in on like, okay, like I, I'm going to do a session from 10 till 11. I'm going to have this amount of a break and then another session. And you just plug that in into like a template, like this is my template, right? right. And you offer that as clients as availability. It's so much easier for them too to make the decision of like, okay, this is what she's giving me these times. I have these times to pick from right? rather than it being so wide open, because then that's, that's more room for them to go, okay, well, there's a lot of decisions I have to make now. I'm right. all about making decisions simpler. <laughs> right. And, and another element that I noticed with that was clients noticing the openness of the schedule more inclined to reschedule because they're like, oh, wait a minute, I have another thing to do. And I understand that. I mean, I did that to you to get here. <clears throat> but um, that is, it's a part of life, but it also by reducing that has also reduced that phenomenon, right? That's it's just this interesting. like an experiment, right? Without yeah. communicate anything verbally or create some kind of declaration on my scheduler about what I will and won't do is just kind of translated in the availability by itself. I was yes. like, how awesome is that? <laughs> yes, it's so, it's like, it fascinates me because like you think that by, you know, being so, um, what's the word, like restrictive, that it's going to limit your possibilities. But what I've seen, and I've been experimenting with this for a while, is that the more clear I am on the times that I have, the more easily those times get filled up. It's like crazy. <laughs> right. It's and I think it's because we're being extra like, uh, gosh, what is the word? Just precise with our intention mm -hmm. there. Right. 
precision. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So do you see clients just at a distance? Or are you seeing some in person? So I do see some in person. Really, um, the people I see in person have been people that have found me through the practitioner listing on the biofield tuning site. Okay. So those are people who are looking for in-person local work. And, and so that's also a, a thing that I just kind of filed away. Like that's what that resource has been for me has been people who locally want a practitioner. Most of those people that I've seen in my home office, um, which is, I mean, I love in-person sessions, right? I really was also um, hesitant to do everything remote. I felt like I had to present a PowerPoint presentation and get people really <laughs> educated so that they could relax and receive through the computer screen and all this stuff. Um, but I realized that's actually was just my own funny story keeping me small. And so I let Aww. that go a little bit yeah. and moved on and realized people can be really receptive. But the one thing I did notice is that the in-person clients tend to be, at least for me so far, people who are, to use your word, Jillian, more precise. They know what they want. They're coming to mm. me because they have some experience with biofield tuning or some other sound therapy and they want, they want this and they want it a certain way. And I you know, I love that. That that energy has been consistent with my in-person clients. And I really think that it's um, unique because some of the remote work I've done has been very, you know, people who are just trying it out, perhaps, yeah. or yeah. somebody's mom told them to do this and they gave them a session and they, they don't even know, you know, and they're, and it just, so we do the work, but it's tangible that it's, um, I mean, who's to say, I don't know the big picture, what comes out for them down the road, how it unfurls, but in the session, it's obvious that their buy-in is a little less. And I noticed the quality of um, when the client is focused and available and receptive, uh, how I like that. I love that. That's, that's really good stuff, you know? Yeah. I think the most fun sessions for me are the ones where I'm working with students and practitioners, like they've learned the the method they know how it works and they're my favorite because like you're saying they're so much more available to it and like available to whatever's going to happen happens right rather than rather than you know sometimes you get those people on the table who are a little skeptical or they're just you know or they're very cerebral um because they're trying to understand at the same time as receiving right 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 yeah so are there any um are there any patterns that are common for you that you like to work with or that you see a lot either with calm nest or in stellar resonance? Um I mean it shifts. I do see patterns, they don't stay. It can be like a few weeks or a month or more. I'll notice like wow, I'm tuning a lot of chakral you know centers or I'm tuning um or sacrals, I'm turn, tuning a, I just went through a whole of a back right foot, back right foot. I thought maybe it's me, you know, like I'm bringing this to the table because <laughs> I, I, you know, even though I don't include myself in the session, you know, I, I'm present. So I know that is affecting what's going on. Um, and again, though, a little bit to, to go back to what you just said, I find myself when I'm going into that cerebral space, trying to figure things out too hard. It's mm. actually um, a distraction of my 
vital energy in a way that I'm, I've, I've learned, um, I'm learning more and more that knowing isn't the goal, right? The experience is the goal. And I have been such a seeker of truth for so long that I really was creating my own obstacles you know, not appreciating the journey, seeking the destination, whatever. There's like a hundred different ways to say that. But, um, you know, so I noticed that I'll just notice the patterns like, wow, there's a lot of back right foot work coming up. That's really interesting. And then just leaving it there. Right. Yeah. And yeah. moving not on too far into it. Yeah. I mean, if something comes up, I'm happy to connect the dots or create like a little bit of a bigger extrapolation on what that could mean. But it really um, isn't so knowable in the end. Right. So right. but I do see the patterns. It's interesting because in different work I've done in different phases of my life before motherhood, I um, did retail work. I did uh, I did some fun stuff. I I I did several years of working festivals and and doing all sorts of cool things where I was selling material and different products to people at in large crowds. And I start to dis, discern that there were these we think we're so unique individual people and we are. And at the same time, we're being orchestrated by this collective flow that's very rhythmic. Right. So when three or more people would be in my booth or wherever I was selling stuff, that would attract more people. And then when no one was there, people won't come in. And starting to discern all these different layers of um, social behavior, right? That we're, we're not quite as unique. And it was getting to the point where I could almost just predict certain types of people, you know, there is an element of judgment there that I'm not really proud of, but it maybe is just <laughs> noticing, but certain types of people would literally come in and say the same kind of cliche thing about one of the products that was on the table. And, and then I would start to notice that this kind of middle-aged overweight man always says something about this thing. And then the, the next guy would do it. And, the, and so there's something there about patterning and noticing, right? That it, it equates to the same um, dynamic where in biofield tuning, I'll, I'll recognize that perhaps that's just another expression of that same dynamic, right? Where we're all kind of going through stuff and we're in patterns and we even though we're individuals, we express in kind of collective small groups of, of patterning and habits. And so that shows up on the table too. Why wouldn't it, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And, and it's interesting too, you know, you ask like, is it me? Like sometimes, like maybe, like, right? Like, <laughs> maybe. Maybe it's like you have a string that's being plucked and it's, it's resonating with, other strings or people that right. walk into your door. And so, yeah, I, I was talking about this with someone earlier um, who she was working with a client and she had detox afterwards, the practitioner did. And mm. like, that's, yeah, that's like a total thing. Cause anytime we work on someone, there's also an aspect of us being worked on too. Cause we're, you know, we're part of that collective. It doesn't mean that we're putting our hologram on top of someone else's or whatever. No, not <laughs> right? intentionally. Just, yeah, yeah. Right. But it's that those strings being 
being plucked and activated, that sympathetic resonance occurring. And that's well, like one of the main reasons I love this work is because we like, I think that's what actually like, that was the aha for me that shifted from me wanting to be a nurse to me wanting to be a biofield tuning practitioner, because I was like, wait a minute, you mean I can work with someone and also receive benefits from doing that work? I'm in. Right. <laughs> I know right. that sounds selfish, but. <laughs> no, I think we need to learn to be selfish in healthy ways, right? There's so much taboo and stigma around what selfish is that that's why mm. we people don't know how to take care of themselves because yes. we've talked ourselves out of it. It's not okay. It's not, you know, it's not okay to, to want for yourself. And like, right. I, I mean, it's part of that reprogramming. I, I was just going to mention my, my longest term and most um, sessions received client is my, my oldest child, my daughter. I have a 22 year old daughter who was still living at home when I started foundations and has since gotten married and moved away. And so she receives remote sessions now, but um, wow. she's gotten the most for me from the beginning. I was, she was a guinea pig, get out on the table, you know, like, let me see what this is about. So she's really yeah. given me the most um, beautiful awareness and feedback of my own process of my own ability to do the work and helped me recognize this just wildly trippy phenomenon it just even last week i did an adrenal reset with her and i'm i mean yes my field is interacting with hers during the session as a practitioner client relationship and she's my daughter yeah and i'm working on her solar plexus and i'm just in the mom's and it just we both had detox that night the same thing mm. and spoke about it the next day and it was just like you you couldn't do something more um tangible to just have me lean further and further into this work whatever that is, is the magic. It, it's the answer to, you know, the disconnection that is prevalent out in mm -hmm. the world, you know, mm -hmm. Just, mm -hmm. and it helps. She's my daughter. And there's so a lot of things are easier there. And right. It's just, but in some ways it's not because I, I actually, this last session before we had this realized that I was, my boundaries were getting really odd something i hadn't experienced prior in other, any other session and recognized that um, i wasn't delineating so much between working with her hologram and my energy and so just regrouping i literally paused and had to do a regrouping um clearly it was enough to put us both through some release after that and some purging which is also pretty welcomed in my book, right? I like that that mm -hmm. is not sitting around rotting somewhere yeah. when it comes <laughs> out, right? Um, but that, I mean, that's just, I believe it because I'm in it. And I also just am in awe of it and hard, hardly believe it because it's not how I was educated. It's not right. my standard paradigm that I'm rewriting, you know? Um, and it's just but at the wild. same time, it makes all the sense, doesn't it? Like, oh, it's yeah. like there's something about it that definitely clicks. Pretty good. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, what, um, what have you noticed with your daughter after her receiving so many sessions? Like, have you noticed 
changes in her behavior patterns that are different. Yeah, I mean, it's- and I guess we should. I mean, I don't know if she wants us to share a whole lot. Oh, she's, yeah, she's good. She's great. Okay. She, she's very creative. Um, she's an entrepreneur of her own, right? She's incredibly artistic and expressive. Um, and so, you know, it's very hard for me to know what's affecting what. She's also developmentally at an age where she's really coming into knowing herself and self-expression and, and independence is, you know, a cornerstone of, of you know, the early 20s, right? Um, so I don't know, but I do know that what it does in terms of my connection with her is just profound in terms of dreaming of thinking of synergetically developing similar ideas and then finding out later like it's it's enhanced something between us mm -hmm. that is neither of us can deny it anymore and we both mostly just giggle for a while when it shows up because it's so it just it, it's so tingly like whatever it is it's just like wow this is this is available to everyone rarely accessed and utilized and here we are just playing and like how can we share this you know so there's a level of that collaboration between the two of us where we recognize that this is the nature of our humanness this isn't just because she's my daughter and, and yeah that might make it easier right and she definitely notices the difference she'll ask for a tuning she knows when she needs one when she's she can anticipate that's what's so going cool on. It is so cool. So I, you know, that to me is been, um, and I have five sons too. So I, I tune them. They're a little less receptive, some of them. And, you know, the different age groups, kids are really squirmy and can take really short sessions. Yeah. But they're also super open and really receptive. So there's a lot that happens very quickly, which is cool to witness and notice. Yeah. Um, and then my my early and mid teens in the middle there they you know watching them experience energy moving in their body and their attention and awareness shifting and connecting dots from obstacles releasing in their life and obstacles that we encounter in their field like that's really profound to to watch and and some of them really you know roll their eyes when i'm like well do you want a tuning you're having a hard day they're like <laughs> Stay back. <laughs> it's like the dog who doesn't want, you know, you activate your fork and they like leave. That's yeah. what it feels like. Not this again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you think you're going to fix me? <laughs> oh, that's so good. Um, if you had something to share with practitioners that are just graduating, like they're like getting ready to launch their practice, what would you share with them? What would I share? I would share. It's just been coming up. So I had to look it up. It's um, Lao Tzu, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, has this quote that I'm probably going to paraphrase here a little bit. Um, it goes like now I'm trying to think about it. Nature does not hurry, yet everything is accomplished. Right. So this is this mm. big idea of time for me and knowing that. Um, we are not separate from nature. Therefore, this 
self-inflicted pressure and judgment and inner critic story about how well we're doing or how, how good we are at it or how much we've accomplished is somewhat artificial and imposed upon us. And it's not our true essence. Our true essence is what we can observe in nature, right? This dynamic where everything that requires accomplishing gets completed. That's it. It just it just happens like i'm ready for spring i want warm sun i want all this but it's like it's coming it's not going to come any faster because i'm losing my mind over i'm done with being really cold like but um so that's what i would offer is just that perspective of patience and paying attention to your rhythms noticing your your cycle and when it's go time lean in you know mm. like productivity happens in waves Right, I find so. There's a um, there's kind of a masculine mindset, I would say, the Yang perspective of just get her done and keep going, and there's the schedule and get onto it, and that can be valuable in certain times, right? Mm -hmm. Not all the time. Sometimes that's painful, and it, and it causes you uh, to get in your own way. You know, mm -hmm. so that, that would be just just allowing. I think the urgency of the present state of the world and the way things are changing, it feels like, you know, come on, tuners, come on, workers, come on, everybody get out, get your tools. Let's do this. The world's ready. And that's there's truth to that. And it's a long haul. So let's let's do it well. Let's emphasize the self-care. Let's emphasize the self-mastery and let's make sure that we are healing through resonance and entrainment not through force not through yeah you know this control like enough of that already that's the old story like we need the new story right so yes i love that that was awesome advice <laughs> that i'm gonna amazing. that later so i can put it on my mirror because i need that every morning probably <laughs> it's easy to say but doing these things is um is different than just saying them right yeah yeah Something you brought up too about, you know, there's a there's a time for productivity. Um, I've been kind of, I've been delving in a little bit too, and this go especially for women um, who have cycles, and I think it probably relates to uh, menopausal and postmenopausal women too. There's actually a time in the month where we're more productive and we're more outgoing and we can embody more of those masculine qualities but then there's a time of the month that it's time to to rest and right. be and be introspective um so honoring that <laughs> right as as women but also just in life in general like there's a season um right. for everything and i just love that quote that you shared that so i'm gonna post that too nature does not hurry yet everything is accomplished yeah it just it like i just feel so relaxed when i think about that yeah right it's very calming because you realize that there's a lot of orchestration and detail and chemistry and synergy required for nature to do what it does and it's not in a hurry so mm -hmm. we can we can emulate that and like we can slow down a little bit yeah so good Thank you so much, Rivka. Thank How you. can people get a hold of you if they want to? So really through my website is the best, Stellar Resonance. 
two R's touching in the middle there.com. And um, also I'm on the calmnest.com platform. So those awesome. are the best places right now. Yeah. I love your website. I feel Thank like you. I'm blasting off when I go to your website. It's so good. A lot of colors on it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, you can tell that there's an astronomer in you somewhere. Somewhere, right. Yeah. On the armchair. Yeah. On the armchair. And I love that phrase, armchair astronomer. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time. As I thought, this was completely awesome. So really appreciate Thanks, you. Jillian. I appreciate yeah. it too. I love talking with you. Yes. Awesome. Let's do it again soon. Okay. Take care. Okay. Bye. Bye. If you are loving these podcast episodes, this is the time to start applying these tools to your business and your practice. Consider joining the Grow a Thriving Practice coaching program where you can work on these skills with tailored and individualized support. You'll be a part of a growing and thriving community of thriving practitioners. To learn more, visit JillianFaldmo.com. That's Jillian with the J, Faldmo, F-A-L-D-M-O.com. Thank you.